0: The concept of corporate social responsibility has inspired private sector organizations to reimagine their very sense of purpose and mission in recent years. Many are looking beyond pure profits to explore how they can best help their communities, their societies, and the planet. Cisco's TU is a leading light for CSR. A Senior Vice President for Corporate Affairs, Corporate Social Responsibility, and Sustainability She's working to bring a more conscious culture to everything that Cisco does, and to spread that goodwill and positive action far and wide. Today she sees the COVID-19 crisis as an opportunity to put that conscious culture to the test, and she's helping to guide Cisco's response in deep and impactful ways around the world. This is Kevin Delaney for Cisco TechBeat. I spoke with Tech about her and Cisco's efforts to build a better world before, during, and after the pandemic. I hope you enjoy the podcast. So thank you again, Tay. It's it's fabulous to have you here today. Um, you've been a passionate advocate for corporate social responsibility for years. And now, of course, we're in the midst of an acute global crisis from the COVID-19 pandemic. Do you see the role of the private sector changing to meet these current challenges?
1: So I think the private sector has always had a role to play and if you think about uh, the sustainability of our individual companies uh, and the longevity of our um, and and the you know and the partnerships the partnerships we have with our customers and our employees. Uh, We've always had a focus around having a positive impact, whether it's through our um, you know, our technologies, our partnerships, our financial capabilities to be very positively impactful, uh, both to people, society, and the planet. And those are things that we've held dear to us for, for many decades now. Um, what happens during the, uh, a crisis such as COVID or any, any crisis, whether it's man-made or natural, is that that's when you all the work you've done toward your responsibility activities, uh, you know, come to the surface because you can very quickly mobilize, and and you know because you're connected to your community or our communities that um, that you know we know what we need to do, or and if we don't know, we know who we need to activate and partner with to get that done.
0: And can you talk a little bit? More specifically about what Cisco is doing at the current time.
1: Of course, um, Cisco has always had kind of a process by which we address crises. So, the first is always about response. Uh, and basically alleviating suffering as much as possible. Uh, when, when something happens, it's just basic, decent human nature that wants to step in and help support the community and those who are impacted. Um, and then there's a concurrently a desire to say, okay, fine, this is the first step. We know people need to rebuild their lives after this. There are companies that uh, are going to need some assistance, businesses, uh, people wondering whether they still have their jobs. So it's just as important that we look at, you know, rebuilding. Uh, and, and how do we create a sustainable environment, you know, whether it's ongoing learning, um, healthcare infrastructure, those kinds of things. Um, and then the last but not least is, is how do we look at the specific expertise that we have inside Cisco and partner with research institutions around looking for cures, uh, enabling and supporting the ability to uh, partner with those of our customers and our academic environments to help drive further research research to create opportunities to mitigate this moving forward.
0: And you've spoken a lot about the importance of conscious culture in organizations. How do you define that? Maybe you just did in your previous answer. I think you did to some extent. But how can that conscious culture help at a time like this?
1: so conscious culture is something that all leaders at Cisco are committed to and and what it really is is an over overarching North star for us uh, it helps us to make some very specific um, you know, commitments, and it enables us to be able to have a certain predictive outcome. So, for instance, when we think, uh, as Cisco talks about conscious culture, uh, there's three key components, and one is that we have committed to an inclusive, diverse environment, and that we will do and leverage our expertise and our uh, financial and technology assets to be able to positively impact people, society, and the planet. And that's kind of, Uh, an overarching view. And when you think about the traits uh, of our culture, it really is underpinned by strong foundational values, things such as, uh, you know, being accountable, giving the best of ourselves. Uh, And then what happens at the end, and you know it works, is, is that everyday interactions that we have with each other, with our leaders, uh, and with our communities and customers, it plays out there. It was very, very important when we put out the title Conscious Culture because it's exactly that. It's conscious. It's not something that, you know, we have on an orientation, new hire orientation, and then you don't look at it. it. It's very conscious in terms of we think through our values and our principles as we make key decisions, Uh, And then when you are confronted by a crisis such as COVID-19, this is when it all plays out. It comes to the surface. You know uh, how we're supposed to behave. We've done work before the crisis because we're connected to our communities. Uh, And when a crisis hits, we know who we are going to turn to. We have a sense of what the communities need. We stay close to our customers so we're able to partner with them to help define what our customers need. In order to move forward,
0: and there's also a, a philosophy that I hear more and more lately that having a conscious culture may not just be the right thing to do, but also the smart thing to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When you think about, uh, you know, our our goal as a as a company, and in most organizations, is you want to be around. And you want to be, um, you know, we want to be relevant. We want to uh, have a sustainable culture. And it's this whole notion of our own sustainability uh, as an organization. Depends on our ability to have a conscious culture that helps guide us in how we, you know, how we behave, how we interact, and partner and support our employees, our customers, the communities we live in, the communities we might not be physically present in, and yet our technology is present in. And those are the things that help guide us uh, for our own long-term sustainability.
0: In the current situation, uh, it's really taking a coordinated effort the federal government, state and local, education, and the private sector. They all need to play their part. Mm-hmm. How can that all be coordinated?
1: Well, that is the real art at this point in time. And, it, you know, it's because as human beings, we have a need to help and take action immediately. So when uh, a crisis, whether it's a pandemic or, or a natural disaster, all of us uh, immediately want to help. Um, and this is where it gets um, we can be much more organized if, in fact, we've done the work before uh, the The strong, resilient partnerships that we build with the public sector and the nonprofit sector, as well as our customers, enable us as a company and individually as employees of Cisco to be able to take forward the things that we know we do best, our you know, core competencies and be able to implement them. So if you think about our customer base, for instance, um, you know, we have been close to our customers. We know what their overarching goals are, uh, and we've always wanted to be a partner through that process and advocate on their behalf during good times. And so when a crisis hits, we know what the challenges are, and we've worked very closely and stayed close to them. Same thing with our, our communities. Um, you've heard uh, uh, Cisco CEO. Chuck Robbins, really advocate passionately about the challenges we have in our communities long before this pandemic. Uh, And you see him working tirelessly to be very direct and present and proximate with the communities, as well as advocating and bringing together coalitions of um, other companies and other organizations to be able to help address those. Uh, So that's when it really comes to the surface, and and our, our culture is tested and reinforced During the 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 most challenging times, like this pandemic,
0: the pandemic has been compared to a war in many ways. Mm -hmm. People have even looked back to World War II, when virtually the entire uh, entirety of American Mm industry turned to the war effort. Um, do you see that parallel with the private sector today?
1: So we have seen uh, manufacturers like Ford and GM making ventilators, Um, you know, companies such as Honeywell and 3M stepping up, uh, you know, the PPEs, the personal protective equipment development. Um, Our own employees are quite uh, quite active as well. Uh, And it started in Europe, but we have three sites who are using our 3D printing machines to help uh, develop surgical masks. Uh, And then obviously our collaboration and security products are available and have been Deeply embedded into some of the partnerships we have with our customers as well as education institutions uh, to ensure that we're able to continue our, our lives as we we tr- we all try and find um, the right way to move forward during this pandemic. And last but not least is if you think about uh, the first first responders and the medical community, the healthcare workers. Uh, what we're doing is is really donating some of our collaboration technology, like the X. Uh, DX80s and, and a whole slew of other things so that we could help them, uh, you know, mitigate some of the, some of the risks, but also uh, promote efficiencies in terms of the challenges they have about just the sheer number of people uh, that they need to, to support.
0: The current crisis is shining a spotlight on some of the problems that you and and Cisco as a whole have been trying to address. Homelessness, especially in California, is a big one. How are you stepping up your efforts to support the homeless during this crisis?
1: So Chuck Robbins, Cisco CEO, has has always been a big advocate to help address the homelessness issue. First of all, just uh, creating more awareness, but also showing that it can be addressed. We can mitigate homelessness. Uh, And there's a lot of interventions that have have been happening and I can't say enough about organizations like Covenant House and Destination Home, who work tirelessly to address the issue of homelessness uh, in general, as well as as homelessness, you know, the youth population. Um, what, What you what we do in a pandemic, though, is that it becomes even more critical that we have a strategy around that because uh, if someone is in a situation where they may miss their rent uh, because of a health care issue or somebody got laid off. Uh, when they get evicted from their homes, uh, what you've done is, is not only put that family at risk, obviously, but also others because they have no place to shelter. And if somebody is infected, um, you know, how do you how do you shelter uh people who don't have a home. And so this is where the community has to come together. Uh, The private sector, as you've seen, uh, Mayor Licardo from San Jose and other mayors, uh, as well as the nonprofit sectors that provide services, Uh, and then corporations who have opportunities to support in many ways, uh, not least of which is financial support, as well as technological and and, um, expertise to help come together and have a plan to address Uh, homelessness and hunger and all the things that uh, we think everyone has a right to.
0: Another related issue is the digital divide.
1: Connectivity
0: is so important at this time for people to learn, work, combat Mm. fear and isolation. I know you've said in the past that (laughs) access to the Internet is a human right.
1: The way I always viewed it, and I do, I do say, I think it's a human right, just like shelter and water. Um, when, when you see the fact that so much is moving online right now, um, and you know, we we have some. You know initiatives underway, the the UN Sustainable Development Goals, uh, which are really focused on internet access, and they we all see it as a basic necessity for you know human and economic development, and that it should be everywhere, not just in developed countries, uh, not just in cities, but also rural areas. But when you think about the fact that about three point seven billion people are unconnected, and you know people, it's like well, you know, it's a connection, but it's much more than a connection. It's a life. A it's a lifeline because of the fact that uh, so much is, is going online. You know, when we look about we, we look at the fact that we've told people to stay home because that's an integral part of addressing the mitigation of, of you know, COVID-19. Uh, the spread of uh, COVID-19, you know, you're asking them to stay home and work. Okay. But what if you don't have internet access? If you are in a situation where you're not feeling well, how do you find out and make the determination if, you know whether you should go to the hospital or not. Uh, telehealth is a great way to have that first line screening, so you can talk to a healthcare provider and so, and and ask. You know when do we make that decision to go to the hospital or should I just stay home? So it's a it's a basic need. And then education, uh, students are out of school; they're supposed to stay home. You know, there's about what did they say? 1.5 billion students in over 188 countries, and yet. Um, So many of them don't have access to the Internet, which means they're not online and they're not learning. Um, And many, many people are worried about, well, after this pandemic, once we've gotten this under control and we have to get back to work, uh, is there going to be a job for me? Should I be thinking right now about learning new skills so I can I can prepare myself for the jobs that are available how do you do that when you don't have internet connection um, in the US alone you have about 14% of all US households who happen to have children who are in school they don't have access so it, it just compounds the challenges and you know a lot of the services are going digital uh, government services so how do you even know what what is available to you if you can't connect so I'm clearly very passionate about this, uh, about this issue, but we've always saw technology. We've always seen technology uh, as an equalizer, a means to, you know, bridge the gaps between those who have and those who don't. And yet, if we don't have universal access uh, to the internet and high quality at that, we are going to actually see a greater divide. And that Worries me a lot.
0: Technology is so critical to managing this crisis, and virtually the entire global workforce has moved home. And, you know, frontline workers in hospitals, media, IT, they're all depending on the collaboration tools and network technologies like never before. How is that changing the face of work and society?
1: So, I, I, the world as we know it has changed already. Um, you know, People talked about remote working and online learning as, um, you know, an experiment or a luxury that in Cisco's um, culture was germane, right? By using our technologies, we've always been able to have a robust remote working environment. Uh, And that helps us a lot today. Uh, when When all of a sudden that becomes the norm, that everyone is mandated to work from home, we have it's not just the technologies, it's the protocol and the process and the framework uh, that we've built over the last decade or so around what it means to to work remotely and be anywhere, connect from anywhere. Uh, I think that the biggest change that you'll see is in the area of education, um, because I think that we've probably crossed that Rubicon. And once you cross a Rubicon, you can't go back. Uh, The world is learning that you can learn. And you can learn online. Um, And this is going to create choices for students, many of whom leave their communities or their homes, they go away to school. And there's some great things that happen when you do that and you learn. Uh, But at the same time, many are struggling with the cost of education. And then when they're done, do they have a job or don't they? Uh, This gives them a choice where they can learn the things uh, that uh, are readily available online. But I also see that uh, government services and the ability for for citizens to connect to their public sector and the services they offer and, um, and how they move forward in, in difficult situations will have changed as well.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because when we talk about digital transformation, we often think of technology, but organizations and society are going through this culture change, which has been moving fairly slowly, but there's no there's no way around it. Now it's been accelerated, whether you're ready for it or not. It's 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 been an interesting abrupt shift, hasn't it?
1: Uh, it absolutely has shifted dramatically, and um, we're all trying to figure out how to work in this environment. Uh, I have to say, this this COVID uh, pandemic is different than anything we've ever seen, other than. You know, economic crises that have happened, nothing else has actually touched every single country, every single society. Everyone is being touched by this. And this has forced us to really look at the systems that we have in place. And do we really have an environment where everyone can participate and have an opportunity to learn the skills uh, so that they can participate economically and be able to create an environment where they can take care of their families, uh, their neighbors neighbors, or communities, uh, all of that is, is really um, being put in the open for us to think about and discuss. And I also think it's an opportunity that we can take the learnings from this and do the things that we should do, um, affordable and available high-speed broadband internet access. How do we cr- uh, provide uh, you know, more um, personalized and more immediate healthcare um, you know, healthcare access uh, to first line screening. What are the things that we need to do for you know those who are in the front line, such as the the healthcare workers and first responders? Uh, how do we partner with universities and educational institutions in their mission of creating an environment where everyone can learn and continue to learn? Uh, on a lifelong basis. And, you know, small businesses are, are incredibly important. And in fact, uh, small businesses make up the majority of the private sector in many countries. Uh, and how do we work with them so that uh, and partner with, with the small businesses so that they can see their businesses thrive and create jobs? Uh, so this is, a, this is a very interesting time for all of us
0: and I know you're, you're a strong advocate for sustainability, mm-hmm. do you see the advantages of digital transformation that are helping us through this crisis in so many mm-hmm. ways, working from home, for example, having more of a positive impact on the environment moving forward?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's unfortunate that we have to wait for um, you know, a pandemic or crisis, but I, I look at this as a, as a journey. Right. I'm not saying that just because you're working from home, everything's great with the environment. But what it is doing is is that helping us to make choices individually and collectively of what when does it make sense uh, to physically travel to the office and, and what, when does it make sense to work uh, remotely and virtually, and I think that that's uh, that's a uh, a journey that every industry is going to have to look at. I, I you know I don't I'm I'm always very cautious of making unilateral uh, statements uh, because um, you know ideas and theories are great until you put reality and people into the mix, and everybody has a journey that's theirs, and we have to figure out what is that right right balance.
0: It's a challenging time, unprecedented as we've said, but. You really are trying to find the positives in this.
1: Mm-hmm. Any
0: final thoughts on just how we can move forward through this and past mm-hmm. it with a more mm-hmm. with a more conscious outlook?
1: so the most the most uplifting piece of all of this is just the um, uh, the the richness and the decency um, you know, of the human spirit uh, that this has become something where everybody feels like they have a role to play and often feel a little bit helpless because um, we're physically limited uh, in, order to, in order to reduce the spread of, this, uh, of COVID-19. Um, but what you find is everybody finding different ways of getting engaged and helping um, people becoming very, very uh, conscious and appreciative of our social networks. Uh, when we are, you know, confined to specific spaces. um, I think it brings out, sometimes it brings out the best in people. And and that's been very uplifting during the worst of times.
0: This is Kevin Delaney for Cisco TechBeat. My very special thanks to TAYU for a great discussion. And here's hoping that your organization is conscious, inclusive, and responsible